Hello everyone and welcome to Lit Living in Transition, the fierce podcast where we have transparent conversation, discovering his purpose in our suffering and enduring strength while listening to the truth of the word of the Lord for prophetic revelation. Our transitional scripture is read from Revelation 12, 11. They conquered him completely through the blood of the Lamb, and the powerful words of his testimony triumphed, because they did not love and cling to their lives, even when faced with death. So I joined the RTA prayer room this morning at 5.15 a.m. on Zoom today on 11 January 2023. And the moderator for the morning decided to read from the book of Exodus chapter 14. She started with verse 10, but I don't know what verse she ended with. Because it was doing, it was in the middle of verse 10 and 11 that God began to start downloading something to me. He's downloaded this to me, and I'm here to tell you all that I am smack dead in the middle of the revelation. It is I, 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 I. But it's apparent that I am not the only one. So as I read this revelation, as I read this download to you, I am going to use the word we, because there are people who can very well relate to myself and to the children of Israel. So I will start with reading from verse 10, and I will stop where I remember, you know, um, her reading to, because I can't remember anything once God started downloading to me. Okay. So I will start as Pharaoh approached the Israelites looked up and they saw the Egyptians marching after them and they were very frightened. So the Israelites cried out to the Lord. And then they said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have us take, that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? Mm. So at this point, I don't remember anything else that was sad. So here's what the Lord gave me. The Israelites were only fleeing their captives because God had demanded that Pharaoh let his people go. This is us. When he tries to take us out of that place, when he tries to take us off that job, when he tries to take us out of that situation, only because God has commanded us or because God has put us in a position where we must leave according to his will, but not because we have it in our hearts to follow God out of reverence. As the Israelites are fleeing their captives, they are afraid as we leave this place, as we leave this job, as we leave this situation, we leave afraid. And we're not leaving only afraid of what is the unknown, but also we leave afraid 
of leaving what we're leaving behind. So when the children cry out to the Lord and said to Moses, is it because there's no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? The children of Israel, we ourselves are complacent. We are comfortable in this place, on this job, in this situation. We cry out to the Lord in anguish. Why did you, God, why did you tell me to leave my job only to bring me to a place of destitute, only to bring me to a place of poverty? Why didn't you just let me stay on my job so I could provide for my family so that we can eat and so that we can have on the menu what we wanted to have on the menu so we don't have to decide if we're going to put gas in our car or if we're going to buy groceries? Why would you tell me to quit my job? To do this, Lord. What happened was for me, y'all, after crying out in anguish, I looked back. And not only did I look back, but I went back. I went back to the security of the familiar, to the familiarity of not having to do anything different to the familiarity of not having to think beyond my present situation, my present circumstance. When the children of Israel were questioning Moses about why he brought them out of the land of Egypt, God showed me that they were upset. They were so upset because now they were not under submission. They were no longer in prison. They were no longer in bondage. Actually, y'all, they didn't even realize they were in bondage. They didn't even realize they were under submission. And to be honest with you all, I didn't realize that's where I was either. And so they were upset while they were in, while they were a prisoner, while they were in bondage, while they never had to think outside the box. They never had to make decisions for themselves. They never envisioned moving forward because they had become so complacent, so comfortable in their imprisonment to get up and labor for Pharaoh. As do we, we get up and we labor for someone else's kingdom to walk in obedience to Pharaoh. As do we, we get up and we walk in obedience to our boss, to the owner of the empire that is being built. Just like the children of Israel, knowing very well that we're going to do a good job and our reward at the end of the day will be to be able to go home and put a meal on the table for our families and to be able to get the bills paid and to be able to afford some luxuries in life. And for the children of Israel, their reward was to be able to eat and to eat plenty, to eat as much as they wanted to, to um, have a good night's sleep and to get up early in the morning and to do it all over again at Pharaoh's command. And we do this very thing. Okay, so now that the Israelites have been set free, now that their bodies are liberated, not their minds, y'all, because they're still enslaved. So now that they have this liberty, they have no choice except to move forward at the command of the Lord. Now that they're required to move into unfamiliar territory, 
Sounds familiar, y'all? As they move into this unfamiliar territory, their reliance on what they had um, become to know um, is no more. And so now they no longer have the assurance that at the end of the day that they're going to be able to have an all-you-can-eat buffet. Because you remember now when they're fussing with Moses, they're like, at least um, we could count on having pots and pots of meat and we were able to eat as much as we want. And so incredible wow, they rather go back into slavery so they can have a morsel of food to eat. And that is because, y'all, the unfamiliar is not limited to unfamiliar territory. It's not limited to unfamiliar movement. I'm going to um try to keep reading because so I don't get off but I'm in I'm going to end up telling you what I'm talking about, okay? Okay, so um And then they rise up early in the morning and they do it all over again at Pharaoh's command, just like us. We've been set free, but it doesn't look like freedom to us, nor did it look like freedom to the Israelites. Because now the children of Israel and us too, we have to move forward. We have to move into the unfamiliar. So we're back at the unfamiliar, y'all. But listen, it is not just the unfamiliar with unfamiliar territory. It is not just unfamiliarity with unfamiliar movement. Oh, oh my God. It is that we are unfamiliar with the God of Isaac, Jacob, and Abraham. You think if we were familiar with him, we would be rebellious? You think if we were familiar with him, we would be saying, why, God, why? You think if we were familiar with him, um, we would have the nerve to say, mm-mm, nope, mm-mm, nope, mm-mm, nope. You think we would elect to have a Jonah adventure if we were familiar with him? So here we are, y'all, in unfamiliar territory. And he's right here with us, yet... We're not familiar with him at all. Okay, so now the children of Israel, in their minds, are forced to eat quail and manna. In my mind, y'all, I'm forced to eat quail and manna. But in my kitchen, it's called noodles and peanut butter and jelly. And so what is it called in your kitchen? You know what I mean? I would like to know, what does your manna look like when you decide to be obedient to the Lord and everything changes. Everything changes. And we can talk about that at some point. So the people who have decided to be obedient, you know things change. You know finances change. You know relationships change. You know that menu in your kitchen change. You know that grocery shopping list change. You know things change change. And not only do things change in the physical, we know, 
We get in there, y'all. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. And so, um, whatever else is available in the box that came from the food bank. You know what I mean? That's what we eat. So, not knowing what would come in the box, um, given um, away at the food bank, like the children of Israel. Not knowing the provision, not knowing what they will eat, but knowing they're going to be fed. But now they're fed the same thing over and over again. And so now they're murmuring and complaining. And this is all revelation, y'all. And um, it does sound familiar to me, too, because I've heard, you know, I've read the word, you know, but it sounds familiar. But this is exactly what God is giving me this morning when um, I was on that prayer line. Right. And so um, they're murmuring and complaining. And um, like I said, and then they're like, like, at least when we were slaves of Pharaoh, you know, we could eat good. And so myself too, y'all, I'm complained as well. I'm like, I don't want to have to feed my son peanut butter and jelly. My baby don't even like peanut butter and jelly. And then at this point, y'all, I haven't even said thank you to the Lord. And I don't recall reading in the word where the children of Israel said thank you either. I really don't. And so, um, neither of us are realizing. Are you realizing or did you realize that God has set us free? I don't realize it at that moment. The children of Israel don't realize it at that moment that what God has given us is far more than a steak and lobster. He has given us liberty. Woo! Okay, so the children of Israel were in the wilderness 400 years because it took them that long to get it. I'm going to be honest. It took me a minute, y'all, but I'm so glad I'm finally getting it. Ooh, I'm so glad I'm finally getting it. So we had no comprehension. I'm so glad I comprehend now. Woo, woo. I'm really excited for real, y'all. So... While I'm walking through this with no comprehension of the freedom that I have, I'm like the children of Israel. I want to go back to what I've always known. Because the new thing that we're moving forward in, not only is it unfamiliar, y'all, but it's extremely uncomfortable. It was almost unbearable to me um, because I had no say-so like the children of Israel. They had no say-so. They were fleeing. They were following Moses, who was being led by the direction of the Lord. They had no say-so. But that was nothing new. They never had say-so. Some of those generations, it was generation after generation, 400 years is generation after generation after generation. They had no say-so. But me thinking that I had say-so before I decided to be obedient. You know, I wanted to have say so in the matter. Now, I wanted to choose what I ate. I wanted to choose what I did. I wanted to choose what time of the morning I got up. But y'all really and really, I had no say so. Because getting up in the morning was a prerequisite to get into that job. To get in that paycheck. Getting that paycheck was a prerequisite to going to that grocery store, to deciding what I want to watch on cable, to deciding what kind of car I want to drive, 
I really had no say so because the job I had, the wages I was making limited to me. So I didn't have a say so per se. I just had a limited choice. And so did the children of Israel. They had a limited choice. And so here we are like um, we got a choice in the matter. We have a limited choice, y'all. We have a limited choice. So here's what happened. Because it was so unbearable to me, I was exactly like the children of Israel. And a lot of you may be able to relate to this. And so like the children of Israel mumbled and complained, I mumbled and complained too. So the first thing I did, because my new thing, like the Lord came and rescued them from from bondage. He was trying to rescue me from um, that stagnant of a job. You know, like there's so, like I said, there's, it was so much more to life, but I thought the only thing I could do was teach. Right. And so he's trying to rescue me. And here I am murmuring and complaining and talking about well, actually, I reacted in rebellion, God. I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. And so here I am, y'all. I'm not expressing gratitude. I have the nerve to cop an attitude. I was like, Lord, for real? That's stupid. I'm not leaving my job. That's crazy. Why would you ask me to leave my job? I have a 17-year-old son that wants everything, and he's about to graduate from high school. That is crazy. You know what? I'm not hearing from you. It can't be you. So what I did, y'all, I determined that that definitely wasn't God. All of that stuff that was going on in my belly couldn't have been God. So I didn't leave. But in the meantime, I was seeking counsel from my friend. Or maybe I just wanted to share with her what I was experiencing. But I think I was really seeking her from the answers. And so... It came a point that when we were sitting in her car having the conversation, um, I told her that um, God had not um, literally spoken to me. Well, I told her that God had not audibly spoken to me, but I felt these instructions in my spirit. And so as I'm telling her this, y'all, now um, I'm beginning to experience fear. I'm beginning to experience terror to the point where I'm paralyzed. And as she and I are talking, I'm in my mind thinking like, even though, and I'm literally looking at my front door and I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have to have her and her daughter carry me home, carry me into my house because I was so terrified, y'all, that I was paralyzed in my body and I didn't think that I could get out her car and make it into my house. And so I expressed that fear to my friend and my friend was like, uh, Lynette, the reason you're having that kind of fear is because you don't have faith. And I said to her argumentatively, yes, I do have faith. And I could barely argue the point, y'all, because it was evident that that little measure of faith that I had was like buried under all of my fear and all of my trembling. And so... 
um, um, I, let me, and I, I, I wanted an escape and I wanted a way out, but I couldn't think of any. And I had myself convinced that teaching children was all I could do. And so as we conversated, we were actually building a verbal resume for me. And my friend and I had decided that if I left the position as a teacher, like God had said, then surely I could get another job doing numerous other things. And so she asked me, she was like, what else did God say to you? And I said, it's not what he says to me. It's how I'm feeling lately when I go into the classroom. And I've never felt this way about children before, but I'm thinking about how this brat such and such is going to work my nerves today. And I'm thinking about how this brat such and such is going to have me cussing under my breath. And I said, um, girl, I cannot stand these kids. And she said, well, if you're feeling like that, then yeah, it's definitely time for you to go. And so my friend and I um, concurred that, yeah, God doesn't always speak to you the same way, but we both were in agreement, but that if I'm feeling like that, that is definitely the Lord telling me that he's ready to move me. And so I went back to work and on the way to work, I was loving my kids and I was thinking about their laughter and how cute they are and their beautiful smiles. But then once I get there, y'all, I began having those despicable feelings toward them again. And it was the last two weeks of school. And so I knew that I wouldn't dare leave my kids with just two weeks left. And plus, we had made so many plans to do all of these fun, fun activities for the last two weeks. So... I started to come into agreement with God about leaving. And as I did that, you know, because I was like, okay, God, I'm going to leave, but um, I'm going to um, wait for these two weeks because I don't want to leave these kids. And, you know, it's two weeks left and we they already know about all these great activities we're going to do and the parents are all excited about it. So I determined that um, the last day of this calendar school year would also be um, the last day for me as well. And so it turns out I was only obedient for a short period of time, a very short period of time. And so what happened is I couldn't see the plan that God had for me. And I really uh, was not aware that there was a plan because y'all know God, he don't necessarily show you the plan because the, 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 um, the main thing God wants is obedience in out of faith, obedience out of faith, obedience out of faith. And so um, when I come face to face with the Red Sea, my Red Sea being that, um, wait a minute, I'm not going to get a paycheck. I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. Um, I'm not going to be able to have an all you can eat but Um, So I'm going to be like the children of Israel eating 
quell and manner that God has put before me and no more outings with my friends going out to dinner, no more going to the nail shop. And so not only is this a new thing, y'all, new sounds good, doesn't it, y'all? The new thing sounded really good when he said that to me. But the new did not feel good in the beginning, y'all, because the new comes with unfamiliar territory, unfamiliar behavior, unfamiliar actions. It's like I think I might have said it already. It comes with the unfamiliarity of um, grocery shopping, like you're used to grocery shopping one way. Now you got to shop another way. Right. And so um, the new came with uncomfortable um uncomfortability. It came with being uncomfortable as well. So like the children of Israel, I too mumbled and complained. And I was like, I don't want to feed my family quail and manna. And like I said, um, for me, quail and manna was peanut butter and jelly. But going back to what I know that I know I can depend on, a paycheck every week deposited into my bank account. I know that I'm going to be able to pay the bills. I know that I'm going to be able to provide for my child, whatever it is he is asking of me. I know that my family is going to have the option to choose what they want to eat from the menu. Instead of eating whatever is put before us or going to bed hungry. So because this is what I have come to rely on, I go back because I'm not thinking beyond my present situation or my present circumstance. This is what I know. This is what I've always known. I don't even have the capacity, y'all, to to begin to think beyond this point. Do y'all? Do y'all have the capacity or are you stuck or staying in what you know and what you're familiar with? Are you stagnant? Are you afraid to walk in obedience because of the unknown? Are you afraid of the unfamiliar? Are you unfamiliar with the God of Jacob, with the God of Isaac, with the God of Abraham? Do you know him well enough to move in obedience without question, without fear, without shivering? Am I alone in this, y'all? I don't think I am. And so I have been praying. And listen, I didn't realize now all of this is happening, but I don't even remember that I had been praying to the Lord. I had been in a place of distress and depressed. And I had been coming home from the classroom feeling like, okay, my marriage is on lock. I knew how to manage my marriage. Um, because when you've been married so long, you don't want to take people for granted. But you do become familiar with their needs. And you do become familiar with their desires. Like, I didn't have to ask my husband if he's hungry. I know when my husband is hungry. I know when my husband... um. I know what my husband wants to eat. I don't have to ask my husband if he wants to go to the concert with me. I know my husband don't want to go to the concert with me, but I do ask him anyway, right? And so um, I know that 
I've become familiar with him and I know certain things about him and I know what to expect and I know what not to expect, right? And it's the same thing with my son. And so I become familiar with the routine. I become reliant on it because I was so familiar with it and I had a total reliance on it. I went back to the job. So I go back to the classroom and I uh, and it's almost like a Jonah experience, y'all. Oh, my goodness. God is going to have his way regardless of what I say or what I do. The beautiful thing is that he was doing it because I asked him to. I asked him for something new. And he was responding to my prayer. And I didn't even I didn't even recognize it, y'all. And so it blows my mind. I never had this experience before. I literally had teachers wanting to fight me physically. Look, we're all in our own classrooms. We have doors that we keep closed for safety measures. We don't really even have to engage with the other teachers um, unless we choose to. So here I am wondering why in the world would these teachers want to fight me? And so it wasn't until much, much later after I had left that I thought like, Oh, I guess I'm experiencing that jealousy thing that I used to experience back in junior high school. I guess these teachers may have been jealous because of the accolades that myself and my co-teachers were receiving. That we were receiving accolades because of the impartation and because of the pouring that we poured into the children. Like, y'all, we called ourselves the dream team because... um we were fierce. We knew what we were doing. We had all these different talents. You know, these other two teachers that I worked with, we had all of these different talents and we put these talents and gifts together and we, um, we, um, we turned it out. We were amazing. Our, our class was amazing. The teachers loved us. Um, the, 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 um, the parents loved us. The children loved us. It, we were really good. We, to the point the um, director was like, um, I'm going to have a news channel come in and interview you all. You know, that's how good we were. We, we put those gifts together and we made magic. And so I, des- I decided, well, maybe that's why, you know, they were jealous, you know. But at first I had given it no thought. I couldn't even figure out why are they acting like this. And so... Um, Here I am, a woman of mature age, and I'm encountering something, you know, like I said, I had an encounter since junior high school. And so I laugh because I think, oh, my God, here I am. I'm like grown women, and I mean grown-ass women wanting to fight me, threatening to be waiting for me in the parking lot after school. True story, y'all. So just like the children of Israel, I didn't leave out of reverence to my God, but out of fear for my life, y'all. So here I am. God, God, get me out of here. Oh, Lord, get me out of here. But then I had a thought. So I'm leaving out of obedience, right? And what I realized once I left out of obedience, y'all, that obedience comes with sacrifice. 
And the sacrifice is all of those above things that I mentioned, right? And so he makes a way of escape for me. And I realized later that the Lord actually had told me to leave because I had been praying to him. I had been praying to him, Lord, I need more in my life. Lord, I'm distressed and depressed. Lord, this is not enough. I need something new to come home too, besides sitting on the couch, cleaning the house, cooking dinner, doing laundry, and so, oh, and not to mention watching TV, y'all, and so, um, I'm like, God, there has to be more purpose to my life, and he's responding to me, and so, I purposed in my heart to be obedient and to leave the job for the second time. And this time for good. This time with a willingness to walk into the new thing that he promised me. And the new thing was very unfamiliar and it was uncomfortable. But I realize now that I had not put my faith in Lord. I had been putting my faith into that paycheck, even though I had convinced myself that I was walking with a measure of faith. I think as deep as my faith went was to sit in the chair without worrying about it breaking underneath me or to drive the car without worrying about it stopping on me. You know what I mean? My measure of faith was like faith in the things, you know, those things that we don't even think about. But then your faith has to be built and it's built through the circumstances and the situations that we are um, put in or that we allow ourselves to get in. But our faith has to be built. Grace upon grace, faith upon faith. And that's when I started discovering that this is a thing that has to continuously be built up. So when I decide to move in a way that the Lord is prompting me to move, as opposed to moving in a way that I think I should move, and y'all know what the Bible says in Proverbs 6, 2, a man's ways seem right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the motives. So it turns out that I wasn't comfortable in my complacency after all, which is why I prayed to the Lord in the first place. Now I realize that my faith was never rooted in the promises of God. How could it be when I didn't know his promises? But y'all, but God, God knew the promise he had made and God is not a man that he should lie. And then they rise up early in the morning and they do it all over again at Pharaoh's command. 
just like us. We've been set free, but it doesn't look like freedom to us, nor did it look like freedom to the Israelites. Because now the children of Israel and us too, we have to move forward. We have to move into the unfamiliar. So we're back at the unfamiliar, y'all. But listen, it is not just the unfamiliar with unfamiliar territory. It is not just unfamiliarity with unfamiliar movement. Oh, oh my God. It is that we are unfamiliar with the God of Isaac, Jacob, and Abraham. You think if we were familiar with him, we would be rebellious? You think if we were familiar with him, we would be saying, why, God, why? You think if we were familiar with him, um, we would have the nerve to say, mm-mm, nope, mm-mm, nope, mm-mm, nope. You think we would elect to have a Jonah adventure if we were familiar with him? So here we are, y'all, in unfamiliar territory. And he's right here with us, yet... We're not familiar with him at all. Okay, so now the children of Israel, in their minds, are forced to eat quail and manna. In my mind, y'all, I'm forced to eat quail and manna. But in my kitchen, it's called noodles and peanut butter and jelly. And so, what is it called in your kitchen? You know what I mean? I would like to know, what does your manna look like? When you... Decide to be obedient to the Lord and everything changes. Everything changes. And we can talk about that at some point. So the people who have decided to be obedient, you know things change. You know finances change. You know relationships change. You know that menu in your kitchen change. You know that grocery shopping list change. You know things change change. And not only do things change in the physical, we know we get in there, y'all. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. And so, um, whatever else is available in the box that came from the food bank, you know what I mean? That's what we eat. So not knowing what would come in the box, um, given um, away at the food bank, like the children of Israel, not knowing the provision, not knowing what they will eat, but knowing they're going to be fed. But now they're fed the same thing over and over again. And so now they're murmuring and complaining. And this is all revelation, y'all. And um, it does sound familiar to me, too, because I've heard, you know, I've read the word, you know, but it sounds familiar. But this is exactly what God has given me this morning when um, I was on that prayer line. Right. And so um, they're murmuring and complaining. And um, like I said, and then they're like, like, at least when we were slaves of Pharaoh, you know, we could eat good. And so myself too, y'all, I'm complained as well. I'm like, I don't want to have to feed my son peanut butter and jelly. My baby don't even like peanut butter and jelly. And then at this point, y'all, I haven't even said thank you to the Lord. And I don't recall reading in the word where the children of Israel said thank you either. I really don't. And so, um, neither of us are realizing 
Are you realizing or did you realize that God has set us free? I don't realize it at that moment. The children of Israel don't realize it at that moment. That what God has given us is far more than a steak and lobster. He has given us liberty. Woo! Okay, so the children of Israel were in the wilderness 400 years because it took them that long to get it. I'm going to be honest. It took me a minute, y'all, but I'm so glad I'm finally getting it. Oh, I'm so glad I'm finally getting it. So we had no comprehension. I'm so glad I comprehend now. I'm really excited for real, y'all. So while I'm walking through this with no comprehension of the freedom that I have, I'm like the children of Israel. I want to go back to what I've always known. Because the new thing that we're moving forward in, not only is it unfamiliar, y'all, but it's extremely uncomfortable. It was almost unbearable to me um, because I had no say-so like the children of Israel. They had no say-so. They were fleeing. They were following Moses who was being led by the direction of the Lord. They had no say-so, but that was nothing new. They never had say so. Some of those generations, it was generation after generation, 400 years is generation after generation after generation. They had no say so. But me thinking that I had say so before I decided to be obedient, you know, I wanted to have say so in the matter now. I wanted to choose what I ate. I wanted to choose what I did. I wanted to choose what time of the morning I got up. But y'all really and really, I had no say so. Because getting up in the morning was a prerequisite to get into that job. To get in that paycheck. Getting that paycheck was a prerequisite to going to that grocery store. To deciding what I want to watch on cable. To deciding what kind of car I want to drive. I really had no say-so because the job I had, the wages I was making, limited to me. So I didn't have a say-so per se. I just had a limited choice. And so did the children of Israel. They had a limited choice. And so here we are, like, um, we got a choice in the matter. We have a limited choice, y'all. We have a limited choice. So here's what happened. Because it was so unbearable to me, I was exactly like the children of Israel. And a lot of you may be able to relate to this. And so like the children of Israel mumbled and complained, I mumbled and complained too. So the first thing I did, because my new thing, like the Lord came and rescued them from from bondage, he was trying to rescue me from um, that stagnant of a job. You know, like there's so, like I said, there's, it was so much more to life, but I thought the only thing I could do was teach, right? And so he's trying to rescue me. And here I am murmuring and complaining and talking about well, actually, I reacted in rebellion, God. I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. And so here I am, y'all. I'm not expressing gratitude. I have the nerve to cop an attitude. I was like, Lord, for real? 
That's stupid. I'm not leaving my job. That's crazy. Why would you ask me to leave my job? I have a 17-year-old son that wants everything, and he's about to graduate from high school. That is crazy. You know what? I'm not hearing from you. It can't be you. So what I did, y'all, I determined that that definitely wasn't God. All of that stuff that was going on in my belly couldn't have been God. So I didn't leave. But in the meantime, I was seeking counsel from my friend. Or maybe I just wanted to share with her what I was experiencing. But I think I was really seeking her from the answers. And so it came a point that when we were sitting in her car having the conversation, um, I told her that um, God had not um, literally spoken to me. Uh, well, I told her that God had not audibly spoken to me, but I felt these instructions in my spirit. And so as I'm telling her this, y'all, now um, I'm beginning to experience fear. I'm beginning to experience terror to the point where I'm paralyzed. And as she and I are talking, I'm in my mind thinking like, even though, and I'm literally looking at my front door and I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have to have her and her daughter carry me home, carry me into my house because I was so terrified, y'all, that I was paralyzed in my body and I didn't think that I could get out her car and make it into my house. And so I expressed that fear to my friend and my friend was like, uh, Lynette, the reason you're having that kind of fear is because you don't have faith. And I said to her argumentatively, yes, I do have faith. And I could barely argue the point, y'all, because it was evident that that little measure of faith that I had was like buried under all of my fear and all of my trembling. And so... Um, um, I, let me, and I, I, I wanted an escape and I wanted a way out, but I couldn't think of any. And I had myself convinced that teaching children was all I could do. And so as we conversated, we were actually building a verbal resume for me. And my friend and I had decided that if I left the position as a teacher, like God had said, then surely I could get another job doing numerous other things. And so she asked me, she was like, what else did God say to you? And I said, it's not what he says to me. It's how I'm feeling lately when I go into the classroom. And I've never felt this way about children before, but I'm thinking about how this brat such and such is going to work my nerves today. And I'm thinking about how this brat such and such is going to have me cussing under my breath. And I said, um, girl, I cannot stand these kids. And she said, well, if you're feeling like that, then yeah, it's definitely time for you to go. And so my friend and I um, 
concurred that, yeah, God doesn't always speak to you the same way, but we both were in agreement, but that if I'm feeling like that, that is definitely the Lord telling me that he's ready to move me. And so I went back to work and on the way to work, I was loving my kids and I was thinking about their laughter and how cute they are and their beautiful smiles. But then once I get there, y'all, I began having those despicable feelings toward them again. And it was the last two weeks of school. And so I knew that I wouldn't dare leave my kids with just two weeks left. And plus, we had made so many plans to do all of these fun, fun activities for the last two weeks. So... I started to come into agreement with God about leaving. And as I did that, you know, because I was like, okay, God, I'm going to leave. But um, I'm going to um, wait for these two weeks because I don't want to leave these kids. And, you know, it's two weeks left and we they already know about all these great activities we're going to do. And the parents are all excited about it. So I determined that um, the last day of this calendar school year would also be um, the last day for me as well. And so it turns out I was only obedient for a short period of time, a very short period of time. And so what happened is I couldn't see the plan that God had for me. And I really uh, was not aware that there was a plan because y'all know God, he don't necessarily show you the plan because the, 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 um, the main thing God wants is obedience in out of faith, obedience out of faith, obedience out of faith. And so um, when I come face to face with the Red Sea, my Red Sea being that, um, wait a minute, I'm not going to get a paycheck. I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. Um, I'm not going to be able to have an all you can eat but um, so I'm going to be like the children of Israel eating quail and manna that God has put before me and no more outings with my friends going out to dinner, no more going to the nail shop. And so not only is this a new thing, y'all, new sounds good, doesn't it, y'all? The new thing sounded really good when he said that to me, but the new did not feel good in the beginning, y'all, because the new comes with unfamiliar territory, unfamiliar behavior, unfamiliar actions. It's like, I think I might've said it already. It comes with the unfamiliarity of um, grocery shopping. Like you're used to grocery shopping one way. Now you got to shop another way. Right. And so, um, the new came with uncomfortable, um, uncomfortability. It came with being uncomfortable as well. So like the children of Israel, I too mumbled and complained. And I was like, I don't want to feed my family quail and manna. And like I said, um, 
For me, Quell and Manor was peanut butter and jelly. But going back to what I know that I know I can depend on, a paycheck every week deposited into my bank account. I know that I'm going to be able to pay the bills. I know that I'm going to be able to provide for my child, whatever it is he is asking of me. I know that my family is going to have the option to choose what they want to eat from the menu. Instead of eating whatever is put before us or going to bed hungry. So because this is what I have come to rely on, I go back because I'm not thinking beyond my present situation or my present circumstance. This is what I know. This is what I've always known. I don't even have the capacity, y'all, to begin to think beyond this point. Do y'all? Do y'all have the capacity or are you stuck or staying in what you know and what you're familiar with? Are you stagnant? Are you afraid to walk in obedience because of the unknown? Are you afraid of the unfamiliar? Are you unfamiliar with the God of Jacob, with the God of Isaac, with the God of Abraham? Do you know him well enough to move in obedience without question, without fear, without shivering? Am I alone in this, y'all? I don't think I am. And so I have been praying. And listen, I didn't realize now all of this is happening, but I don't even remember that I had been praying to the Lord. I had been in a place of distress and depressed. And I had been coming home from the classroom feeling like, okay, my marriage is on lock. I knew how to manage my marriage. Um, because when you've been married so long, you don't want to take people for granted. But you do become familiar with their needs. And you do become familiar with their desires. Like, I didn't have to ask my husband if he's hungry. I know when my husband is hungry. I know when my husband... Um, I know what my husband wants to eat. I don't have to ask my husband if he wants to go to the concert with me. I know my husband don't want to go to the concert with me, but I do ask him anyway, right? And so um, I know that I've become familiar with him and I know certain things about him and I know what to expect and I know what not to expect, right? And it's the same thing with my son. And so I become familiar with the routine. I become reliant on it because I was so familiar with it and I had a total reliance on it. I went back to the job. So I go back to the classroom and I uh, and it's almost like a Jonah experience, y'all. Oh, my goodness. God is going to have his way regardless of what I say or what I do. The beautiful thing is that he was doing it because I asked him to. I asked him for something new. And he was responding to my prayer. And I didn't even, I didn't even recognize it, y'all. And so it blows my mind. I never had this experience before. I literally had teachers wanting to fight me physically. Look, 
we're all in our own classrooms. We have doors that we keep closed for safety measures. We don't really even have to engage with the other teachers um, unless we choose to. So here I am wondering why in the world would these teachers want to fight me? And so it wasn't until much, much later after I had left that I thought like, Oh, I guess I'm experiencing that jealousy thing that I used to experience back in junior high school. I guess these teachers may have been jealous because of the accolades that myself and my co-teachers were receiving. That we were receiving accolades because of the impartation and because of the pouring that we poured into the children. Like, y'all, we called ourselves the dream team because... um we were fierce. We knew what we were doing. We had all these different talents. You know, these other two teachers that I worked with, we had all of these different talents and we put these talents and gifts together and we, um, we, um, we turned it out. We were amazing. Our, our class was amazing. The teachers loved us. Um, the, 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 um, the parents loved us. The children loved us. It, we were really good. We, to the point the um, director was like, um, I'm going to have a news channel come in and interview you all. You know, that's how good we were. We, we put those gifts together and we made magic. And so I just I decided, well, maybe that's why, you know, they were jealous, you know. But at first I had given it no thought. I couldn't even figure out why are they acting like this? And so... Um, Here I am, a woman of mature age, and I'm encountering something, you know, like I said, I hadn't encountered since junior high school. And so I laugh because I think, oh my God, here I am. I'm like grown women, and I mean grown ass women wanting to fight me, threatening to be waiting for me in the parking lot after school. True story, y'all. So just like the children of Israel, I didn't leave out of reverence to my God, but out of fear for my life, y'all. So here I am. God, God, get me out of here. Oh, Lord, get me out of here. But then I had a thought. So I'm leaving out of obedience, right? And what I realized once I left out of obedience, y'all, that obedience comes with sacrifice. And the sacrifice is all of those above things that I mentioned, right? And so he makes a way of escape for me. And I realized later that the Lord actually had told me to leave because I had been praying to him. I had been praying to him, Lord, I need more in my life. Lord, I'm distressed and depressed. Lord, this is not enough. I need something new to come home too, besides sitting on the couch, cleaning the house, cooking dinner, doing laundry, and so, oh, and not to mention watching TV, y'all, and so, um, I'm like, God, there has to be more purpose to my life, and he's responding to me, and so, I purposed in my heart 
to be obedient and to leave the job for the second time. And this time for good. This time with a willingness to walk into the new thing that he promised me. And the new thing was very unfamiliar and it was uncomfortable. But I realize now that I had not put my faith in Lord. I had been putting my faith into that paycheck, even though I had convinced myself that I was walking with a measure of faith. I think as deep as my faith went was to sit in the chair without worrying about it breaking underneath me or to drive the car without worrying about it stopping on me. You know what I mean? My measure of faith was like faith in the things, you know, those things that we don't even think about. But then your faith has to be built and it's built through the circumstances and the situations that we are um, put in or that we allow ourselves to get in. But our faith has to be built. Grace upon grace, faith upon faith. And that's when I started discovering that this is a thing that has to continuously be built up. So when I decide to move in a way that the Lord is prompting me to move, as opposed to moving in a way that I think I should move, and y'all know what the Bible says in Proverbs 6, 2, a man's ways seem right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the motives. So it turns out that I wasn't comfortable in my complacency after all, which is why I prayed to the Lord in the first place. Now I realize that my faith was never rooted in the promises of God. How could it be when I didn't know his promises? But y'all, but God, God knew the promise he had made and God is not a man that he should lie. Thank you for stopping by. Lit. I hope you enjoyed, were inspired, and encouraged by the transparent conversation. You're always welcome to come over to Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. If you want to chat, we can do that. Talk to me at imlivingintransition.com. Are you in the mood for a welcoming ambiance where you can leave a comment, suggest a topic of discussion, or perhaps request prayer? Well, just scroll over to www.imlivingintransition.com. You have an open invitation to visit my IG at I'm Living in Transition. Share my world. Facebook, Lynette Rochelle. Please and thank you. We so dope, right? Right. Lit, lit.